0: So hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me Rob Burkhead and me Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 Method and for more information about what we do go to www.fit40info.com.
1: So in today's episode we're going to be talking about weight and does weight matter especially for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. <laughs>
0: So for a lot of people I think the ultimate measure of progress is that number that they see on the scales and if the number goes if the number goes down then they feel happy they feel motivated they feel proud of themselves but if that number goes up then they feel like a failure they feel like everything is going wrong and then maybe they even those feelings get so strong that they even just give up completely and this can leave a lot of people stuck in this endless battle with that number on the scales and with their weight feeling like they'll they'll never be truly happy until they see that right number on the scales and this is for a lot of people is the weight that they you know they would have been in their younger years before kind of gradually gaining weight over over a certain period of time but the reality is weight is often not the best measure of progress especially for women over 40 who are also dealing with changing hormones at the same time as trying to well essentially lose weight what we what we really mean by that is reduce their body fat, get leaner um, and tone up. And so focusing on weight can actually stop people from getting the results that they want in the mirror. And it can leave people in a position where they're having to choose what to wear based on covering problem areas up instead of choosing what they like, where they're maybe not even looking forward to going on holiday because they're dreading going to the beach and, and putting that bikini on and overall just kind of lacking confidence because all because that number that they see on the scales is not the number that they that they want to be seeing on the scales. So today we're gonna to reveal the truth about why weight is is not always the best measure of progress mm-hmm. and what we use with our clients instead to help them to drop one to two dress sizes over their first 12 weeks um, without like, kind of becoming obsessed with that number and so that they can kind of maintain those results long-term as well. Yeah, and weight, weight's
1: an interesting topic because before we even get into all the kind of science side of things and, and how to lose the weight and what's more important, fat and weight, a lot of people tie their happiness to their body weight, especially a lot of women that we work with. The number on the scales really defines their, their mood for the day or you know, their, whether they perceive what they're doing as a success or a failure. So if the number goes down on the scales, maybe you can relate to this. You look at the scales in the morning, stand on them. It's gone down a pound that's a great day. They're really, really happy. And they think this is amazing. It's all working. And if the number goes up or doesn't, doesn't go down, they think this is bad. And it can actually cause people to give up as well. They can see that number goes up and it can go up for loads of reasons, but they can, it can kind of cause them to give up. But at the same time, so that's, that's kind of measuring progress, but on a bigger level, a lot of people will just perceive if they're lighter, let's say if they're 10 stone, they see that it's good. If they're heavier and they are with 12 stone, they see that as bad. And it's not really a black or white thing. And a lot of people can get offended um, by fitness plans and programs and things promoting people having lost weight. And it's definitely not the most important thing. It's a a measure of progress. For some people it makes sense and for some people it makes less sense. We're gonna talk about that today, when it might make sense to actually focus on weight or what other measures to focus on and when it makes more sense to focus on other things and what are those things to focus on. We've got a wave from someone as well on Instagram, so I'm just giving them a wave. <laughs> so the one thing I do want to talk about, though, before we get into that is kind of confidence and weight. Because I know for both Ben and I, we have, we've had our own sort of weight change journey, I suppose. And um, it, it did have a big effect on my confidence, actually. So when, when I started university back in 2009, I was, oh, the dog is going to go a bit, bit mad, delivery is coming. That's part of work from home life. But when, when I was back in university back in 2009, I think I started at about 66, 67 kilos and I was a very skinny guy. And I think Ben was kind of in the same boat.
0: How much did you weigh when you started uni? Yeah. Similar, like just around about 65 to 70 kind of kilo range. You were pretty skinny as well, right? Yeah. I was always that skinny kid at school where people will be, you know, they would point it out. They would feel they need to be like, Oh, look at your skinny arms, Ben kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was, I was always kind of the lighter range of the scale. Yeah, and I remember having the same sort of thing where people
1: at school and also at the start of university would be like, oh, you're too thin, you're too skinny. And I know this is completely the opposite to a lot of the people we work with. They're, they're kind of at the other end of the spectrum in terms of weight and, and maybe people saying mean things as well. Um, but it does affect you. I think that's one thing to notice is a lot of people try and brush this stuff under the carpet, but it can have an effect going you know, I didn't particularly feel very confident and I don't think that was just to do with the weight. I think that was just one of the things, but it doesn't help when, when yeah, it's perceived as a bad thing and you're being told that. So both Ben and I went through a bit of a fitness journey at university. We won't bore you with the details, but I went from, from similar weight to Ben. I think you actually, you exceeded exceed what, what I did in terms of gaining muscle and weight, but we both went from like 65 to 70 kilos up to about 80 to 90 kilos. Ben Ben went a bit higher in in, in that scale, but we built lots of muscle over the the next sort of three, four years. And I don't know how you felt then, but for me, it gave me a lot of confidence. I think it wasn't just the weight thing. I think it was also proving to myself that I could actually achieve something and I could actually influence things in my life. Up to that point, I'd kind of just done, you know, done well academically, but I'd never really achieved much else. And it was like, Oh, I can actually change some pretty big things. I think it's what also it is. what also inspired us to start this business. But it, my confidence completely changed because of that, because I, I kind of changed how my I felt in myself and then I could project that outwards. And I don't know what you found with your journey, Ben, but I think for me, if, if I'd stayed just as skinny, but I'd gone to the gym, I think I wouldn't have had that same change. So I do think there's something to changing your, how you feel, your strength, your fitness, and it's not just weight and, and your confidence. What, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I think it's that that sense of um, knowing that you're kind of in control of your you know, your life, you're like able to improve it and you're able to make those changes that you want to make. I think uh, at the time I was probably a lot more focused on, you know, my weight was very, you know, my happiness was very much more tied to like, do I have a six pack and how big are my arms and stuff like that. I think what I really thought, this is the delusional belief I had back then, was that if I just got massive arms and went to the gym loads, then all the girls would fancy me. I think that was my real, <laughs> what I was really chasing. I was kind of like, well, me too. no girls are interested in me now. It's probably because I'm too skinny, so I'll just put on loads of weight. I mean, and then I did find out that doesn't necessarily work. You don't just uh, put on loads of muscles and, and pose in the mirror and people come over and, and approach you and ask to go on a date. Um, but yes, it, it did. St- I would say still it just improved the comp. It's just one of those things that improves your confidence. So, if, like, I would equate it to, um, you know, if you're in a job and then you get a promotion and you go into a better job role and you're earning a bit more money, it gives you a bit of a boost because you've you've kind of moved up. You've kind of – it makes your life a bit better. It makes your life a bit easier in certain ways. I think it's the same with um, – with that when you're kind of a bit more physically you look more physically fit people perceive you differently people treat you differently and your experience of life is, is slightly different and i'd say slightly improved and i think tying
1: to like that external thing is or happiness that's that's really the thing like you said the job promotion is a great example like mm. we shouldn't wait to be happy until we have a certain amount of job or a certain amount of money or that certain house and it's the same with confidence we kind of all know that we, we shouldn't just tie it to those things, but it can have a, give you a bit of a boost. It can have a bit of an impact, but ultimately I think you need to work on both together. That's kind of what we did. We worked on our mindset. We worked on our own self-confidence as well as working on our fitness. And it's kind of a holistic thing. It can't just be because there's a lot of people who have like body dysmorphia, right? They lose weight um, or they gain weight. Like I, I still see myself partly as that skinny guy. I still kind of think I'm kind of skinny, but I know that's probably not quite the case anymore. Uh, far apart from my ankles, which will always remain skinny. <laughs> um, but I still kind of see myself as that way. And I know we work with clients who've lost a lot of weight and they still kind of struggle to deal with that's them now. That's their new identity. So I think they can they can influence each other, weight and confidence, but it, I wouldn't put off waiting to be happy or waiting to be confident until you've achieved a certain goal. However, there, there is another side to this, which is kind of the health side of things. And I would say health and weight or... Fat, which we're going to kind of link to, those are more links. And at a certain point, there's a, there's a point where gaining more weight or gaining more body fat is detrimental. And we were talking about this before, weren't we, Ben, that actually a public, a public health study f- for England has released um, recent data in the last couple of years that have found that obesity, which is a BMI of over 30, which generally means a higher amount of body fat being carried and you know, having more weight, there's a higher risk of death than smoking now caused from obesity. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. It's, it's kind of more important for health, I would say, than it is for, um, for
0: confidence. Yeah, and I would say, like, as, as well as health, you've got that kind of health as in, uh, you know, risk of death, risk of disease. Um, but then there's a lot of, a lot of people as well, who they, they found that as they put weight on, as they've literally, the number on the scales has gone up and they've got physically heavier if they find it kind of puts more pressure on their joints, um, you know, they struggle to do things more. So if, if, you know, somebody says, do you want to go and do, do you want to go on this long walk up a, up a mountain? They might struggle to go up it. They might just be huffing and puffing and, you know, struggle. they feel held back from, from doing those things. They run up the stairs, they get out of breath. Um, so I think just having that kind of increased level of like reducing your body weight um, and being a bit fitter can just make life easier. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that's a good point. It's health and lifespan are kind of slightly different. I'm I've, I'm quite interested in this as a topic because there's like, health is generally like trying to stop people dying so early or just make you live longer. But oh, that's kind of one of the perceptions. But the other side of it is actually having a healthy life and actually enjoying your life through those years. Because it, you, could, you could live a long time being kept a, alive by medication and everything else, can't you? But If you're not actually able to enjoy them because you don't have any energy, because your joints are hurting the whole time, because your mood is really low, you don't have any confidence, you don't want to go out and enjoy things. And we do speak to people in this situation who are like almost hermiting away, which I know in lockdown we kind of all have to do. But pre-lockdown we spoke to a lot of people who just weren't doing things that they wanted to do. They weren't enjoying their life anymore. And that was partly because they'd gained a a lot of weight and they just didn't feel good. They had no energy to do things and they weren't looking after themselves. So I think yeah, that's a great point. I think you've also got to consider how weight affects the day-to-day living, your day-to-day life. But I think the, the real thing we wanted to come on to today is actually distinguishing the difference between fat, body fat, not food fat,
0: and weight. So fat and weight, because they're not the same thing, are they? No. So um, when, when most people say, I'd like to lose weight, people say things like, I'd like to lose weight from around the middle what they really mean is they want to lose body fat from around the middle. They want to lose that excess body fat. So like you need to have a certain amount of body fat for your body to function. So you, you know, I mean, Rob, um, we've both kind of at times cut down our body fat really, really low and like gone on really, really low calories to do that. And you know that like when your body fat gets really low, you start to feel you're like drained. Your energy is low. You feel kind of depleted. So it's not really, really, it's not healthy to be like really super, super lean. So you need a bit of body fat just to kind of, your body needs a bit, but you don't need an excess. And I think because we live in, we live in a time now where food is so readily available, you don't have to go and go out and hunt food and go and forage things. And it's not in short supply at all. There's so much food available. There's so much delicious food available. Um, You know, all of these things that we've created. That are terrible for our health but they're absolutely delicious like deep fried deep fried food fish and chips just all of that stuff um so it's very easy and i think to just kind of overconsume that stuff and end up with an excess of body fat so our bodies are designed body fat is basically how our bodies store energy so our, our bodies say when you put all of these excess food in it thinks right i'll just keep all of this i'll save it i'll just put it on and then later on when we go into a famine and there's no food left, then we'll use all of that body fat for energy. I remember seeing a, um, a case study of, of, there was a a man who was very, very obese. Like one of those people that they're so obese, he couldn't, you know, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't do anything. And I think he took part in some kind of trial where doctors, they monitored him in hospital and he literally basically stayed in bed and just didn't have any food for like a year. And his body just sustained itself burning off his own body fat. So it just shows like how that, how that works like body fat is just an energy source that's there to be used um but yeah when when you because we never you know most people especially in the western world are never going to be in a situation where you're starving and you haven't got enough food and because of that your body's never in that position where it really needs to go into those body fat reserves so i think that's why people end up putting on excess body fat and then being in this position where they They kind of need to lose it but yeah when people say i need to lose weight then what they're really talking about is wanting to lose body fat and those things are very very different so we're going to go through in a minute like there are loads and loads of different factors which influence your your body weight your overall body weight like if you think of your body it's made up of like when we look at clients who are maybe starting with us we will typically we estimate their body fat percentage like how much of their body is made up of fat and it's typically, I'd say probably 30 up to like 50% of the body is body fat. So then the other 70, 50 to 70% is going to be muscle. It's going to be organs. It's going to be water. It's going to be your, your skeleton. Your body is made up of all these different things. Um, and you don't necessarily want to lose all of those things. You just want to reduce the amount of body fat. That's kind of the, the overall aim if you're looking for more health. And if you're looking to change the way that you look in the mirror, change the way your clothes fit. Um, yeah.
1: And that, that's kind of one of the big flaws with focusing on weight, isn't it? That weight does include muscle mass. It does include other things and it look like water as well, which most of our, a big percentage of our water, body, like 60% of water. So when we just focus on weight, which a lot of traditional diets do, what we, we, what we could end up doing is losing weight, but we could lose loads of muscle, which is particularly bad as you get older because that happens anyway, naturally. And that also slows your metabolism down, which then means it's easier and easier and easier to gain weight. So a lot of these crash diets, shake diets, 800 calorie diets, 1200 calorie diets, a lot of these things will, will also cause your body to lose loads of muscle. So using the, the traditional outdated sort of measure of weight as the only thing, and just standing on the scales and going, oh, look, I've lost a stone what it's not telling you is you've actually lost half a stone of muscle. And that's a really, really bad thing for health. That means you're going to be less balanced. You're going to be fitter. You're going to be less fit. You're going to be slower. Your metabolism is going to be slower. So when you start eating normally again, you're going to gain more weight and more fat. That's the thing we're really talking about here, right? It's the body fat. That's the thing that wobbles. That's the thing that isn't firm and toned. That's the thing that's also causes all the health risks, especially around the middle. What we're really looking for is to lose that fat. That's the thing that's going to make you feel more toned. It's going to make you feel more youthful. That's why when we're younger and we haven't gained the fat that we feel more toned, we feel firm is because we've got a high amount of muscle and a low amount of fat. And that's the main thing. But these crash diets, they can cause you to lose muscle. So that's one thing that could be a lot of the weight could be muscle loss, which will have a lot of negative effects long-term, especially as you get older and it is much harder to build muscle as you get older. So you really want to preserve that muscle as much as you can. Um, but you could also lose loads and loads of water. So that's another thing that happens. If you eat less food, you're going to hold less water. If you also only eat these strange diets, often, again, you're going to hold less water. So a lot of the weight, especially if you do some of these other things like cleanses and juicing, where you don't eat any food, a lot of the time you're going to lose a load of water. So you might lose a few pounds of water. You lose a few pounds of muscle and then only a couple of pounds of fat. But it looks like you've lost half a stone or a stone in a week or two. But the reality is most of that isn't the stuff you wanted to lose. It's not the fat. And it's a lot of stuff you don't want to lose, like muscle, which is going to take a while to come back. And if you don't do any strength training and eat a proper diet, it may, it may not even come back at all. So you just end up feeling squidgy and squidgy and squidgy as you regain the weight, because you're losing more and more and more muscle, which is what makes you firm and toned. And then over the years, this can make you feel kind of like blobby, blemongy, you know, marshmallow-like, all these things we hear from people who say they're not happy with how their body feels. A lot of that's also from muscle loss. So you really want to avoid that muscle loss and you really want to understand what you're looking for in terms of when you say you're losing weight, are you really just trying to lose weight or are you trying to lose fat? And there's loads of other things that influence weight as well, right? So I've only yeah, covered, so I've just
0: covered fat. I'd say the, the other kind of main thing that influences how much you weigh is going to be your, your water weight. So the amount of water that's in your body can fluctuate massively depending on a load of different factors. So, you know, when you see um, boxers and, UFC fighters and things that they they have to like make weight before the fight so they have to weigh 170 pounds or whatever it is in order to they get on the scales and then they go into the fight the next day and they'll probably go into the fight I don't know 10 pounds heavier than they were at the weigh-ins and basically what they do is they they deplete their water levels down by those 10 pounds so that they can make the weight and then they replenish those water levels back up to make the fight. So like manipulating water is something that can make a huge difference to the, the actual number you see on the scales without making any difference to the amount of fat your body that's on your body or without making any difference to the amount, the way that you look in the mirror, the way you fit in your clothes. Um, it can make literally no difference whatsoever other than the number on, on the scales. And the, and the thing is, it's, it's really, really temporary. So for example, if I, if I go and drink two pints of water, which I can do, I'll gain a kilo immediately just of having that extra water in my system. So the things that can influence your, the amount of water that your body carries, uh, one of them is salt. So salt is something which, when, you're, when you take in salt in your body, that salt kind of causes your body to hold a bit more water. So if, if you eat, I will see this quite often with myself. If I have you know a Domino's pizza, for example, on a Sunday, on the monday morning if i weigh myself on the monday morning i would expect to be a few pounds heavier than i was the previous day because of all that all that salt and all that unhealthy food is going to cause my body to be a bit more bloated and hold on to a bit more water so yeah salt can have a massive difference um other things like temperature can also make a difference so you know as the temperature changes so we've had that we had a kind of heat wave it was about a week or so ago wasn't it it was really really hot so you'll find that when it's really, really hot, you're, you know, you need to drink more water to stay hydrated, but then your body is kind of, it kind of adjusted the temperature. So if it's used to it being cold and you're not sweating that much, then, you know, your body won't be losing that much water. So your water intake won't need to be that high. If suddenly you're like pouring with sweat and you're losing loads of water, you're going to need to drink more water and all of that, this water coming in, water coming out It's in this constant balance, um, and you know just that fluctuation in water in and water out there might be a time where you know you you miss a few hours of drinking water and you've gone to the toilet a couple of times so then you're a bit lighter and then you drink three glasses of water to catch up but then you don't you don't go to the toilet for a while and then you're a bit heavier um so it can have a huge difference as well so i'll go through one more and i'll let you you continue rob but um i've kind of covered this one but the next one's just hydration level so as i said if I get this this glass that did have a yogurt drink in it, it looks pretty disgusting, <laughs> fill it with water, have three of those, again, I will gain a kilo. And for people who are on kind of a, a weight loss journey, if you like, a fat loss journey, I would say like for healthy and like sustainable range of weight loss, it's typically I think half to 1% of a person's body weight <laughs> per week. So if you take somebody who is, let's take somebody 75 kilos to start with half a percent to 1% of their body weight per week is going to be 1%. of The body weight is going to be 0.75 kilos and half a percent of the body weight is going to be 0.375 of a kilo. I'll, I'll convert this into pounds. It'll make more sense. So if we do three quarters of a kilo is roughly in pounds going to be like one and a half pounds. So we're talking kind of, three quarters of a pound to one and a half pound a week would be a good amount of weight loss. If I drink a pint of water, I gain a pound. So for example, if you get on the scales at the start of the week and you're a bit dehydrated, you haven't drank much, you could be weighing, I don't know, let's say you weigh 75. Then over the course of the week, not 75, that's that's two pounds. Let's say you weigh 170 pounds whatever that is, you weigh 170 pounds, you get to the end of the week and you've, you've lost that pound and a half. And now you weigh 169, 168.5 pounds. However, just before you go on the scales or the night before, maybe you drank a bit more water than usual. Maybe you had some salty food and then you're carrying an extra two pounds of water and salt. You'll get on the scales and you'll say, oh no, I haven't made any progress. And actually you have lost that pound and a half of fat. It's just the, the amount of fluctuation in water has kind of masked all of those results. And that's something that we see all the time. And I know someone mentioned in the comments before the uh, Happy Scale app. If you are somebody who you do struggle with your weight and getting, getting emotional with your weight, I would recommend that app. So it's called Happy Scale. And it, allow, it kind of smooths out the curve, smooths out all of, that, all of this fluctuation and just allows you to see the, the trend in your weight over time which can be useful sorry, i'm having a bit of a nightmare with the, the dog get down <laughs> he's digging up
1: the bed behind my uh, my screen there we go <laughs> sorry i completely interrupted ben's point there but that's fine <laughs> working from home life i'll just show people on instagram there we go <laughs> he's uh he was banging on the door which is one thing he's learned to do <laughs> and uh now he's managed to get his way in well i'm just going to shut the door and then we'll continue <laughs> Some days he's just, some days he's very needy, but yeah, Ben's got a great point there. So water, water, weight for loads of different reasons, hydration, temperature, salt intake alone it can cause massive fluctuations in weight. Right. And we see this with our clients a lot that if they eat something different at the weekend, they have a takeaway at the weekend, they stand on the scales on Monday and it kind of it kind of shot up, but actually it's not fat gain. And that's the one thing we want to avoid. So that's, I guess, one big benefit of our, of, having a coach is we can often identify why the weight may have changed and a lot of the time like I've had a few clients this week I've I've just said last week they said my weight hasn't changed have we plateaued do we need to change anything a lot of people panic in that situation and um, a lot of the time what we're really doing is reassuring them that no actually a few of these things like elevated stress levels is another thing that can cause you to retain water due to cortisol the stress hormone that causes water retention and um, I've seen this in a lot of clients lately with with work especially teachers going back to school um, a few of my clients who are teachers have, have kind of held on to weight or even gained a couple of pounds and this last week they've kind of um, they've kind of seen that weight come off again and more so I had a client um, Lynette who I spoke to last night and she's now two pounds down but the last couple of weeks she'd retained her weight even though she's lost like a stone over the, over the first 12 weeks and just being patient meant that weight came off and she could see progress again So another couple of factors that we should probably talk about that also influence weight are hormones. So hormones are a huge one, especially if you have a monthly cycle, but if you're perimenopausal or menopausal as well, you may still have some random hormonal fluctuations that you can't predict. But if you have a monthly cycle, typically halfway through, so during ovulation, estrogen spikes, and then it drops, and that often causes some water retention. So a lot of people will see one to two pounds gain on the scales, or that may mask some fat loss that's already happening. And then again, the week before your period, running into your period, estrogen and progesterone drop. And that often causes sometimes up to two to five pounds of water weight gain. But again, that's not body fat gain. So it's really, really important to separate out what's water weight gain and what's body fat gain. And another classic one is travel, isn't it, Ben? We were just talking about that before. Um, Why does travel actually, it's air travel specifically, cause water retention? And we were just researching this and it's, The increased pressure in the cabin can cause increased water retention and also just sitting, especially if you're doing long haul flights. So you're sat on the plane for a long time. You're going to get fluid retention in your body just because you're not moving. And that can also cause that gain. And again, it's very typical to see in our clients that they will gain um, a couple of pounds, maybe even three to four pounds after going on a trip where they were on a plane, especially a lot of our clients usually fly, not at the moment, they usually fly for work. So again, it's about being patient and seeing that come off and realising that's not fat gain, it's water weight gain. So if you're doing a lot of flying, again, that's something to think about. So um,
0: uh, an- of another, thing that, uh, another um, situation where flying can be a nightmare as well as if you've gone away on holiday. I see like you see this a lot. You, people go away on holiday, they eat and drink a bit more than they should. They probably eat unhealthy choices on that final day. Maybe they have a few few more glasses of wine than usual, some salty food at the restaurant, etc. then get on a plane. So they've got the increased water weight from the salt, from the alcohol, maybe from the, the temperature because they might've been somewhere hot. And then also from the travel, all adding up together, you can come back and you can quite easily have gained a significant amount of weight when you get back from holiday. Um, And it can be easy, like a lot of people then say, well, you know, I've gained loads of weight, what's the point? And they kind of give up in that point. But then like with our clients, I'll usually just say, one of the things I say to people a lot, like one of the most common things is probably don't worry about it. It's fine. Usually it's fine. And then they, with a a few days of healthy exercise, getting back to their normal eating habits, they just lose all the weight they gained on holiday immediately. So it can really cause like, cause issues if you get, if you don't understand how these things can influence your weight. But I think if you, if you hopefully now, like having watched this podcast, you've got the knowledge to know that like, if you step on the scales and maybe it's a bit higher than you th- than you want it to be, you can have a think back and say, did I eat of like, salty food? Has the temperature changed? Am I dehydrated or extra hydrated? Um, have I been drinking alcohol? Have I been on a plane? Are my hormones changing? Um, and then kind of put two and two together. And
1: I guess this is the point of the podcast is, Weight is, is clearly quite an unreliable marker of progress. It's a marker. And I think long-term, it generally does show progress, especially if you've got high body fat level to begin with. Then you probably do need to lose weight because the amount of fat you need to lose is probably to be healthy is probably going to be a lot more than the amount of muscle you can gain. So over, let's say, a period of three months, then that's probably is significant. And that's why we do share results of people losing two stone, three stone, even over that period of time. But it's not the same for everyone. So some of the people we work with who are leaner, they they may not lose as much weight, but they may, um, they may still completely change the shape of their body. And that kind of leads me into the, the final point, which is what really does matter then. So what we've really said is weight can be a useful judgment. There's a lot of things that disrupt it from hormones to salt, temperature, hydration, alcohol, travel, stress. So what really does matter? What do you, what should you measure? So we do actually measure weight with our clients, but it's not the only thing we measure. So there's a few other things, right, Ben, that we, that we also take into account.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the things that we look into, look into are overall body composition. So as I talked about before, what your body's made up of. So when we say body composition, um, you know, a healthier body composition is going to have less body fat and it's going to have more muscle. So, the ways that you can measure your overall body composition, one one very, very basic, very, very simple one, but it works very well, is just stand and take, take a selfie of yourself wearing a bikini or underwear or whatever, which is something that we, we do at the start of our programs. Take that kind of initial progress. photo. Some people hate doing that, but it's, it's really useful and it's really important to measure your progress properly. And then every four weeks, every eight weeks, every every like four weeks eight weeks 12 weeks take another photo in the same outfit the same lighting the same place and just compare them side by side and and you will see how you know people's waists have got thinner and their legs have got slimmer and and you can see that the body fats come off you can see how their shape is changing and their body composition is changing then i also like to get people to for kind of another check on that to do their body measurements so at the start I don't know what I've just done there. At the start, we'll get people to measure, you know, their their waist, their hips, their thighs, their arms. So they measure these different areas of their body. And then you will see week by week, like every week or every couple of weeks, you'll see a little bit of weight coming on, half an inch here, half an inch there. And over time, all of those little inch changes add up to, you know, being able to get into the, the dress size below or just your shape completely changing and just feeling and looking completely different. So body composition is um one of the, one of the things that's really important to focus on mean before you just move on to the next one as well one last thing i'd say for that what people can
1: use is you can also judge it in your clothes can't you like that's one thing we we'll yeah, hear from definitely. a lot of clients so how your clothes are fitting so for example if your body composition is improving which means body fat generally is dropping and muscle is staying the same or going up what we'll typically notice is people's stomachs and waists are coming in, even if their weight isn't changing. So they'll notice that their stomach of their clothes or the waistband on their trousers is going to be getting looser. Mm. Um, and their arms are going to be feeling a bit tighter as well. So maybe that bit gets looser. So you'll notice changes in in the clothes as well. So that's, that's one last thing. Sorry, Ben, to interrupt.
0: That's fine. I, I I just want to add like one, one thing to watch out for with body composition Are oh, there are a number of different, you, know, you can get different scales and things that you step on, which supposedly measure your body composition, tell you your body fat, et cetera. But these can be, they're not always the most accurate thing. So they can vary quite wildly depending on your hydration level and all sorts of different factors. So if you have a scales that, you know, you get on it and one day it tells you that you're 20% body fat and the next day it tells you that you're 30% body fat. Always, I'd take that with a pinch of salt. I'd probably overall avoid those, those things completely. Um, but other factors that really matter, that matter a lot. The next one I would say is definitely health. Like it's really, really important to stay healthy so that you can live a long time, so you can enjoy time with your family. And you can have, as Rob as you said before, Rob, that higher quality of life where you're able to do all the things that you want to do and enjoy your life. Um, next thing that I would say is important would be the way that you feel. So one comment we often get from clients is, we, you know, we just make a few very simple changes so just get them doing exercise regularly get them making a bit better food choices maybe you know stop them from having loads of sugary food every day and having loads of loads to drink every single week suddenly they feel a lot better they feel a lot better about themselves their confidence improves also their energy levels improve they just generally life just feels a bit easier and i think a lot of people say that they feel like um like a weight lifted off their shoulders, not just as in terms of the fat weight that's been lifted off them literally, but also they just feel a bit a bit kind of lighter in themselves. They feel like everything's just a bit easier and a bit bit more positive. Um, I think that's, that's an interesting
1: point as well, talking about the weight lifted off the shoulders because one of the reasons also people will feel more energy is because they, some, not everyone, but some of the people we work with are actually carrying quite a lot of body fat weight and that is quite heavy. And we've done we've done some challenges with clients at our events where you carry around, around about, I think it's eight kilos, the rucksacks we have, um, that Ben and I have done hikes with as well to practice the routes we do for our events with clients. And it's, when you take that eight kilo rucksack off, which is about 1.2 stone, I think you take that off, you suddenly are like, Whoa, almost fall over backwards because it feels so easy to walk around and it's so light again. And that's another reason you're going to feel lighter and more spring The biggest spring in your step is, is from, from perhaps, changing that weight so it's not a direct thing it's not just you shouldn't feel good just because the numbers come down the scales but because it's come down because body fat's come down but your muscles remain the same so you're still fit and strong but you're carrying a lot less weight you do literally get a spring in your step i think a lot of people find that life is just easier when you're not carrying that and another example is if you've got a weight so you've got like a dumbbell or a kettlebell that's like five six kilos that's again around about a stone imagine carrying that round with you all day. Or if you, if you feel like you've got a bit more to lose, so like two, three stone, carrying that amount of weight around with you every day is really, really heavy. I would be knackered carrying three stone around with me every single day on top of my, my weight now. So it will directly and indirectly affect it. And you were going to say something else, Ben, what were you,
0: what are you going to say? Um, I can't remember. I don't think I, I don't interrupted think I had much you. <laughs> really interrupted <laughs> That's you. That's fine. You've summed it all up nicely. Yeah, so I think the
1: last thing I just wanted to add then is just it's going to impact what you can do, you know, what you can do physically doesn't necessarily have to be tied to your weight, but it will probably be made easier by weight. So joining in with the kids, doing, doing fun things. I know some of our clients like to do some fun challenges, especially some of them are sort of going through retirement or their kids are growing up and they're thinking about themselves again and what they can do. Being a bit leaner, being a bit stronger, being a bit fitter means they can do more fun stuff. So they, some of them are doing things like a Great Wall of China walk. A lot of these things had to be deferred. But I know one of our clients, Catherine, is going to do a Great Wall of China walk this year, which sounded really, really exciting. Um, and another client was going to um, climb Ben Nevis. So lots of people are doing all these things that, that are quite exciting. Actually, one one of the, the most amazing ones, Ben, was uh, Nikki, who came to Unstoppable uh, last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, she's just sailed... She's done it now, right? She's sailed. What does she do? Sailed the leg of the round the world sailing trip.
0: I don't know. but I think maybe they might have had to postpone it.
1: Oh uh, yeah. they i probably I'm have not. Actually. I'm not
0: hundred percent sure though. Cause it was
1: May time. So she would have either just done it or, or would have had to postpone it. But again, that's a very cool example of being able to do something physically by improving your fitness. And that's not just weight. That's improving body composition, health, energy level, strength, all of these things. So it's, it's really a much bigger picture. And I wanted to show a couple of examples just before um we wrap things up. So one of my clients um who's a bit of a leaner individual um called Haley. So I'm still working with her now, but I've got a picture actually. I'll, I'll see if I can manage to share this on both uh both devices. Oh, I've managed to close the picture. Bear with me one second. Um so basically Haley, here we go. Let me share the picture because people will be able to get the context more with the picture. So this is the picture of Haley's transformation hopefully you can see it and i'll, I'll bring it up on my um, instagram feed as well so this is Haley, and um the actual difference in weight you can see the difference in size and she may be sucking in a little bit on the picture on the right slight cheek but the difference in size here is quite dramatic right she's she's her stomach's poking out on the left and on the right um she's very lean you can see her back's also leaner um and she's actually leaner than this now but i don't have a picture of her current progress but Haley was 59 kilos to begin with so the picture on the left actually I'll, just, I'll keep showing on instagram picture on the left is at 59 kilos and the picture on the right is at 57 kilos roughly so she barely changed in weight she changed two kilos which is not you know it is significant but it's not massive it's about a third of a stone but her body shape has changed dramatically she's actually got like visible abs now um, on her stomach she's also really really strong and fit and that's changed through through losing body fat but also building muscle, so she's not seen this huge change in weight. And I think a lot of leaner people feel like they want to see the same kind of results as as people who are um, who've got a lot more body fat. So they, they feel like they want to lose one, two, three stone. But the reality is they're probably not going to lose that much, but their shape will change completely. So she's in much smaller size clothes again. They're all fitting really comfortably again. Um, and, and she's a great example of of weight's not that important when you when you're a bit leaner. It gets to a point where actually it would not be healthy to lose one to two stone. You'd, the only way you can achieve that is by losing all your muscle and then becoming really unhealthy, um, you know, borderline anorexic. And we're not, we're not looking to do that. We're looking to get people fitter and healthier and feel better in themselves. So Haley's a great example of how you may not lose loads of weight, but you may completely change your shape and how you feel.
0: Yeah, And then I've got, I have another example of one of my clients, Sarah, I don't have a picture of Sarah because um, she hasn't, you know, we only share photos when people say you, you can share my photo. But Sarah, in a, in a completely different position to Haley, like she did have the weight to lose. So she went from, she started off with her BMI was about 30, which is kind of just just tipping over into the obese range. So I think 25 to 30 is class as overweight. Uh, I think it's 18 to 25 is the, the normal range, normal kind of healthy range. And so over the past six months or so, she's lost two stone in weight, nice and sustainably in a a nice, sensible way. And so now her BMI has gone from 30, from obese down to 23. So now she's like bang in the middle of the healthy brain. So it just shows that like for some people, weight can be a great indicator of progress and can can get them what they want in terms of BMI and health and all those great things. But for someone like Haley, it's um, not necessarily the best measure of progress. So you need to know, Whether weights a good measure of progress for you and again this is another thing that can be really helped by you know just having someone there to help you and guide you along the journey and to um to kind of make sure that you're progressing in the right way over the over the whole period of time
1: yeah and that's obviously that's exactly what we do with our clients so inside our fit over 40 program we work one-to-one with our clients to support them through these kind of these changes and, and make sure they're making the best kind of change for them and they understand what, what's achievable for them. And we make sure that by tweaking their program, their fitness, their nutrition, their mindset, and all of those things that they achieve what they want to achieve over that period of time. So Ben, where can people go if they want to find out more about, about what we do and about working with us?
0: So, If you want to find out more about what we do, about, about working with us inside our Fit Over 40 program, just head over to www.fit40info.com. And you can grab all the details on that page.
1: Brilliant. So that wraps it up for another episode of the Trinity Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, both of you live on Facebook and on Instagram. Or if you're watching or listening to the recordings, thank you so much for listening as well. And we'll be back next Friday for another episode of the trinity podcast so thank you for listening to today's episode of the trinity podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows and also please leave us a quick review it only takes two minutes we do all of these shows completely for free to help you so we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all so thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the trinity podcast